Hello, and welcome to another mini episode of Gallery 44's podcast. Today's episode is hosted by me, Aiden Wigston, Gallery 44's Exhibitions and Publications Coordinator. Joining me today is artist Jasmine Liao, who is showcasing her work Plastic Climbs in the Gallery 44 vitrines. Our vitrines gallery, located just outside of our main gallery at 401 Richmond, is meant to be a site of experimentation where artists can explore concepts outside of the formal gallery contexts. Plastic Climbs is an intimate gnomic video work that explores the complex intersectionalities felt within the artist's Asian diasporic identity. Jasmine Liao questions her Asian-ness within the legacy of her Hakka Asian heritage and queerness, navigating the cultural existence through dance technology and reclaiming ideas of sensuality and delicacy through the ownership of her body. Plastic Climbs embodies ideas of multiplicity, exposure, and vulnerability through physical entanglements with transparent materials. This gesture of queering diaspora culture allows for intimate existence, sensorial experimentation, and investigation into the phenomenological consciousness of displacement. Liao is an emerging Chinese-Canadian interdisciplinary artist based in so-called Toronto and Vancouver. Her practice in dance performance, new media art, and experimental film explore the complexities of her contemporary views of her Hakka diaspora, queerness, and environmental anxiety. Liao is the artistic associate of Chimerick Collective, working in interdisciplinary research and creation. She has recently presented with Form Festival of Recorded Movement, Asian Arts and Culture Trust, Mount Pleasant Community Arts Screen, and RT Collective. Liao is also one of the five recipients of the 2023 Emerging Digital Artist Art Award. Well, welcome, Jasmine. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks having me. So oh, of course. Thanks for joining me today. Um, so we're here to talk about your project, uh, Plastic Climbs, that's currently on view in our vitrine space. Um, I'm wondering if you could walk us through what's happening visually in each vitrine and how you went about creating this work. Um, I'm particularly interested in your inclusion of the laser cut acrylic pieces that are in vitrines one and three. Cool. So vitrines one and three is a single print or still from my first iteration of Plastic Climbs from 2021. This work was created through an emerging artist digital performance lab by Future Leisure, based in what is commonly known as Vancouver. My work often includes the body encountering transparent materials such as plastic, glass, water, light, etc. Um, integrating these materialities. They emulate my own vulnerabilities, exposure, and it feels like a tangible form of diaspora. I was interested in creating a work that visually encapsulates navigating the multiplicities I feel within my identity and the experiences as a young mixed Asian woman. Mm. In terms of gender as well, though, this work documents a timestamp of where and who I was two years ago. And also just starting to think about identity and myself as a fluid person this work gave me permission to explore myself but for a long time i just wanted to blend in and felt weird to let my asian identity and culture be an attachment or a translation to myself and so i was interested in engraving acrylic plexiglass as a way of further archiving the body as a transparent material as i'm Continuing to seek and learn more about my Hakka identity, I still feel inside and outside of my culture, and transparent materials embody those experiences. And so lately, my 
practices entered this idea of archiving the weight and effort of the experience. And this connects to the way the engraved acrylic pieces are hung and they kind of float in line with the still. This footage is from 2021. Going back into it and having this opportunity to exhibit with Vitrin's gallery, now it inspired me to create like a re-release using the same footage. Um, and this idea of remounting and exhibiting the work again, the work is so interpersonal and this prompted me to engage it back into understanding where I am now within myself, which is interesting to see that lens before and the difference in how I'm understanding all those complexities and layers of myself into um, something that holds that is kind of dynamic and so constantly changing. Yeah, I know that that's, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because, you know, I also like address like work of like identity in my own work. And that's something that I also find difficult. It's like when you make a project that's so grounded in like what you're currently dealing with, <laughs> like when you go back to that project, it's like, it holds a lot of sentimental value, but sometimes like you're feeling shift about the way that you approached it. And mm -hmm it's like always interesting to kind of go back and like rethink those ideas from like right now. So I'm, I'd be interested in like seeing kind of what your next iteration ends up looking like um, yeah. of the project. Cause yeah, I think it's really neat to kind of like watch those kind of projects grow and kind of have like a snowball effect where they kind of like get bigger and, and kind of emerge into like this new kind of being, I guess. Do you have plans to to show this work anywhere else sometime soon or not right now, but um I think talking about it more and the fact that it's um two years later in a gallery space and I am also doing um an artist talk with Christian Jones later this week and they were so excited about this. Like they were looking through my uh, CV and seeing plastic climbs. That was something that was that drew them because it's exploring the femme body in that way. And um, what is the femme body and how does that relate to plastic in such a like very different entity and different body in that way? Um, I can like I still use plastic in my uh, work quite often because it just emulates those borders and, and those invisible barriers in that way. And so it, it's definitely something that's going to be entangled in my life practice for sure. No, that's great. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely have to check out that artist talk if they, uh, if they make it public, definitely be interested in kind of hearing what you have to say about that. Uh, so your art, artistic background is, is primarily in, in dance, if I'm correct. Um, mm -hmm. And I am, I'm just curious about like what prompted your shift into these more abstract digital mediums that like you're currently making work with. Mm. I had always been interested in recording the moving body. Um, I went to an arts high school and we had choreography classes and I just was really drawn to just wanting to record bodies together and what that means in that movement and what really shifted um, 
I was finishing my post-secondary contemporary dance diploma program. I was doing a practicum during that time with Larshaw Dance, which is a company run by Jennifer Robichaud. And we were asked to collectively record her choreo and improv with a film artist she had brought in and later make a short film for the final. But on set, I was so inspired and felt so safe to share my ideas that she caught footage actually of me recording or talking with the director. And like, she's directing the director. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And um, yeah, later we had to edit the film and I ended up submitting it to form Recorded Movement Society. And that was my first ever film screening. And so ever since then, I've just continued to connect with many mentors who could exchange their technical knowledge with me. And I've continued to seek mentorship and advisory wherever I could. And it's led me to projection design, motion capture, performance and editing, 3D softwares and film editing. And um, one of my mentors, Emily Men, um, once mentioned that the body is a recorder itself. And that's something I take into my practice in terms of Mm. recording the body and like the purpose and yeah, like whether it's motion data or experimental filmmaking, there's something really intimate um, about archiving body and how it's, doesn't always have to be the human body and what the human body could also represent in a motion capture body and so um yeah navigating and visualizing layers is something that's consistent in terms of using interdisciplinary methods of recording the body Mm -hmm. that's so interesting that you like um have made that connection between, you know, recording as a medium, but also like recording as like a being. (laughs) Um, I I, I don't know. I just thought that was really interesting the the way that you frame that. But um, yeah, I mean, it definitely comes through in your work. I feel like um, just in like the closeness of of the bodies moving in, in your dance film. And um, yeah, no, I just think that's, uh, it's really wonderful. Um, in in your project statement, you're talking about this gesture of um, querying diasporic culture, and I I'm curious, like, to know your approach, or no, sorry, to know how you've approached this topic within like the larger context of like your artistic practice, um, and kind of what that experience has has been like for you. I see the word querying as a verb, and. I see this as actively subverting and viewing things as nonlinear through a fluid lens. Mm. The relationship between the mover and the plastic is fluidly active through multiple senses. And as experience is multi-dimensional, the feeling of the plastic, how it contains, restricts, yet it's so light, the crackling response when touched, how the body views it, how it you see through it when performing and but also see the body is distorted or blurred um this all connects to how i see diasporic world making through existence and 
implementing queering as a gesture, representing the waves of change in this way, that's something close to me and what I want to embody in my artistic practice. There's something about the two worlds together as culture, queer and diaspora, that actively, um, and it, sorry, that activates the curiosity and care I feel to understand myself and my family and my ancestors. And discovering interconnected mediums that emulate these complexities, I feel as queer mixed South Asian German person slash woman um, has led to many assuring and holding experiences with others in these communities. It seeing things through queering diasporic culture has opened up this idea of chaptering my life within my work as timestamps, which leads back to this idea of archiving and archiving care um, and seeing my practice as community-based. Mm. I like that approach. I, I definitely feel like I agree with um, kind of viewing queering as like a verb <laughs> um, right. it's something that i like think about like all the time um mm. especially like in, in like my own work and i like see queerness as more of like an ideology as opposed to like an identity and i think we're seeing that happen like on like a much larger scale like in recent years and like how it's 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 not just about like who you are, but it's like how you do things, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, it's something that I, I, I'm like constantly thinking about and like kind of seeing how other artists approach it in their work has also mm -hmm. been like really interesting when like thinking about, about my own interests and, and how I view the world and, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I was really, I just really liked how you kind of framed it in that regard. Um, and yeah, I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I love that. I love how it's shifting from who to how. Yeah, it exactly. And it's really uh, gratifying and also, um, I think reassuring that more people are seeing it like as an ideology and as a theory in this sense. And it's becoming a part of society in that way where society's really shifted and not shifted, maybe <laughs> constricted in terms of creating binaries for things and people to be. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's really beautiful to see things in more of a fluid sense decolonial sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah no for real yeah it's yes, amazing and um, so what's up next for you and um, i hear you might have some like projects in the books anything we can expect for like the coming year mm, some exciting news i'm in the midst of a few projects um that are wrapping up slash developing um this year, I had the pleasure in facilitating my first participant paid workshop with Dia Stories, which is a community research group exploring stories about Asian diasporic experiences. So January 4th to 20th, um, 2024, we'll be exhibiting research works 
by participants of all the recent workshops, as well as members' works um, at Trinity Square Video. Um, that was really cool because I just don't see a lot of workshops paying participants to uh, dive into their own work, um, but through a guided sense. Um, I'm currently preparing the second iteration of my film, Sydney, uh, which will be shifting from themes of my own identity to my sister's uh, Chinese given name and how that um, connects to both translations and how they correspond with our really close relationship, but also through a sibling lens as someone who's seen me my entire life, um, mm. Understand each other in that way in terms of experiencing the same family events and family experiences outside of culture experiences. Um, so I'm excited to do that. Lots of transparent materials in terms <laughs> of I'm wanting to bring back um, this idea with Plastic Climbs really actually inspired this idea of engraving acrylic. And so I'm looking to make um, some kind of divider in that way to integrate into the film as something symbolizing fitting in in that sense. Um, and then I'm finishing a project led by Renata Letayo, which explores a post-humanist micropolitics of getting lost in fluid times through a 3D world. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it includes, it's been a project in the making since I think last, last January. Mm. Um, uh, but motion, creating digital worlds takes time. Yeah, and, I can and, imagine. <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> including, um, includes my own motion capture. Um, I've also got to design the avatar, which it represents a human slash non-human body. Um, and then my own choreography and performance, but also it integrates the story of inhabitants and non-inhabitants and how that, that whole, it, it's tying into a colonial story that's very well known, but trying to expand upon the many, many stories of colonialism, um, yeah, and so I'm really interested in how that will come out and how people will feel and experience it. And that's, it's exciting that that's all because it's just been really wild this year and super thankful for everything that's happened. And yeah, but excited to focus on these three things, give my energy to these things, protect my energy and ah. um yeah excited to share oh that's amazing well it sounds like you've got a lot on the go um i'm definitely excited to kind of see how those projects end up end up uh, in their final form and i'll definitely i'll definitely be watching for them <laughs> cool amazing well thanks so much for joining me today uh it's been such a pleasure to speak with you and dig a little bit deeper into your practice um for our listeners please be sure to come take a look at jasmine's work in the vitrines um it's on view until december 9th 2023 um, we'll talk to you next time thanks so much kaden